It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Brendan Bradford, he's a sports writer with Code Sports. You can follow along with his work at codesports.com.au and he joins us on the Overnight Crowd. G'day, Brendan. Hey, mate. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Good. Thank you, mate. Thanks so much for the time once again. I saw you got along to the fourth Ashes test from the SCG. What did you make of the test match and the finish uh, with the Aussies just missing a 4-0 scoreline by one stubborn wicket? What a what an incredible finish to the test match. Um, anyone who says, you know, <laughs> look, I understand the, the big bash craze and the T20 craze, but test match cricket is the best cricket. You cannot beat it. A finish like that after five days, um, and, and even just the characters involved at the end, Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson, both legends of the game and such a long history playing against Australia and Steve Smith coming on and bowling. And I think someone someone said that Pat Cummins threw him the ball and said, Michael Clark, yeah. a throwback to that India test about 10 or 12 <laughs> years ago. Um, incredible, just an incredible test match. Are you backing Usman in for another crack in the fifth test? Uh, pretty tough to leave him out, but the Aussies have form in doing so along their history of test cricket. Got to leave him in. You can't, yeah. Guy's guy scored two tons and has come back. Um, there was another stat going around. I think he's, you know, of the last six years, he's, he's well within the top 10 for most centuries, I think, mm. in test match cricket over wow. the last six years. And, he, and he's only paid, you know, he's, he's missed um, the the vast majority of games Australia's played, you gotta you gotta put them in um, for for the Hobart Test at least, and then the Pakistan tour coming up as well in another couple of months. That will, um, you know, that's that's huge for him. He's wanted to to go on that tour for a little while, so um, hopefully they uh, they can see what pretty much it looks like the rest of Australia are seeing because um, <laughs> you know the uh, the the movement on you know social media and the regular. Media when Usman was scoring runs the other day was was pretty phenomenal. Felt like England finally stood up. I wanted to say arrive, but let's not go that far. But the makeup of their team will be very different for the fifth test. Uh, Billings almost in a plane home before he's set to play in Hobart. Butler has a broken hand. Bairstow and Stokes both limping to the finish line as well. So yeah, bigger uh, difference for the England team coming up for the fifth test. Yeah, what a it's been the tour from hell, really, hasn't it? Like <laughs> start, starting out with. You know, sort of COVID quarantines way back then, and then even even before the tour, it was you know uh, who's going to come, or the family's going to be allowed to come with them, and then first ball, first ball, <laughs> that sort of that sort of set the tone. Rory Burns walking um, off that Mitch Stark delivery, and you know, to be fair, it hasn't got much better for them since then. Um, least, yeah, they showed a bit of ticker um, at the end of that SCG test, although you know, if there was even you know half an hour let fewer rain delays. Um, you're probably seeing a result in that one, I think. Yeah, I would uh, agree because uh, what I was about to say was uh, most of all, uh, for all the rain that we had, it was down to the last ball of play and test cricket. I think, as you said earlier, providing a feeling and a moment that not many other sports can provide. Yeah, absolutely. And we've had a, 
we've had a couple of those in test cricket over the last couple of months or a year or so. There was obviously the the India uh, the India test at the SCG and at the the Gabba um, about a year ago, and then um, India New Zealand uh, that was about a month or so ago. Just you watch a lot of test cricket for a draw or just a, a lopsided result and. 90% of you know test matches finish and it's just like okay you know whatever you can see this coming a day a day in advance and then every now and then you get that absolute magic where you know like we had yesterday or um you know like a couple of those other matches I mentioned and it makes it all worthwhile it's incredible We'll move over to uh, New Zealand versus Bangladesh, the second test uh, starting uh, yesterday. But uh, keen to get your thoughts on the first test loss for New Zealand in a second. But the New Zealand team putting that result in the rear view, uh, going daddy runs in the first inning, six for 521 <laughs> declared before rolling the Tigers for 126. Uh, feels like that uh, Bangladesh we're more familiar with, uh, respectfully, has turned up today. Yeah, I think, and I think maybe that's what uh, New Zealand got caught out a little bit by in the first test, mm-hmm. just thinking that they'd be able to go in there and sort of, you know, wouldn't wouldn't have to, you know, Bangladesh wouldn't put up too much of a struggle in that first one. But I have to say, like, uh, as as a New Zealander, you sort of got that. We we started losing wickets on, on day four, and I think that result was coming. You like, you could see it coming. So I sort of made my peace with it. And you know, overall, it's, it, it was a great result. Like some of the um, the reactions from not just the Bangladesh side, but the, the people and, and everyone, um, the, the few media people as well. Like It's good for the game, good for the sport, good for test cricket. Um, yeah, they've <laughs> come back down to earth and it, it was a pretty heavy bump today um, with New Zealand piling on the runs. Um, and I suppose the downside of that, the big downside really, is that I think we've seen the last of Ross Taylor um, batting in test match cricket because uh, it doesn't look like... Uh, well, you wouldn't expect New Zealand would need to bat again, and certainly not Ross Taylor, a little bit, little way down the order, which is a bit of a shame. But um, yeah, back back to I suppose back to regular programming, I suppose. Yeah, well, it's hard, isn't it? Because you have your opener and number three peeling off 252 and 109, respectively. You can't be too upset with that. But Ross Taylor is playing in his last test. He got a beautiful welcome of a guard of honour from the Bangladesh team. But those boys in front of him in the batting order have done the heavy lifting already. He only got a chance to make 28. <laughs> I was saying today, uh, half tongue-in-cheek, but um, Tom Latham, who's standing in for Kane Williamson as captain for this test series, he should just not enforce a follow-on. Let Ross Taylor go out, open the innings, just swing as soon as he gets out to clear, and then (laughs) you would expect expect to to go and bowl to victory. Um, Just to to give Ross Taylor that one last send-off. I I think it's a 5% chance of happening, but um, (laughs) it would be, be a way to go. Uh, well, uh, we'll move on to uh, tennis now, and I think it's fair to uh, call this a saga. Uh, the Novak Djokovic saga continued in the courts today. He had a win there. His appeal against the cancellation of his visa successful, but there's still a chance the visa can be cancelled by the Minister for Immigration, Alex Hawke. But the earliest a decision would come on that is the morning. Is that uh, the latest that you're around? Yeah, I've just about ten minutes ago. At ten minutes ago, I finished reading the. They've released the interview transcript from when he first arrived at the airport. Um, last week, and it's just, it's incredible reading. Um, just the, the and, you, and you're thinking, like, they do this to Novak Djokovic, you just wonder how they treat or approach yeah. people who aren't rich and aren't famous and aren't, um, you know, probably one of the best tennis players of all time. Uh, so that, that, that's that's one part of it, and 
just the reaction over the past couple of hours. Um, what is it now? Like it's it's been about four or five hours since that that decision by the judge was was confirmed. And like we've seen, I don't know if you've seen the there's borderline riots in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, people were, I think Djokovic was supporters sort of swarmed the car that they thought he was in, and police using pepper spray down there, and just just really bizarre. Like it's almost we're gonna have to we'll look back on this in you know a year or so and just think what a what a weird time. But um, I think you know it's safe to say you know people. People wanting to choose sides, either Djokovic is bad, and uh, you know people saying that he's the he's the good. But I think there's no good. Everyone's coming out a loser in this. Djokovic, yep. you know, he's still he's still um, you know he tested positive and then went out and did all those charity events and media ups the next day back in December. So that's a terrible, terrible look. And the Australian government too just has bottled it or the border border forces. Um, just absolutely, it's a shambles from top to bottom, no matter which way you look at it. Do you have a feel or a bit of an idea for what comes next? I know it's hard to really determine with uh, everything at this point being a real, you know, M. Night Shyamalan-esque uh, twist at this point, but uh, do you have a feel for what happens next? Surely they can't, surely they can't, uh, <laughs> that Alex Hort can't come in and say cancelled, gone, because that, that would mean he can't return to Australia for three years. Um, which is, I mean, I don't know. I, look, I'm I'm not like an expert, but surely that's something for like, you know, terrorists and criminals and international masterminds. Surely not a tennis player who's unvaccinated. That that would be uh, pushing the boundaries for me. I think he just uh, goes, plays, uh, probably is more determined than ever to to win the event. Mm. It'll be interesting to see the the reaction from the crowd, both the yeah, the the Melbourne crowd and and the Serbian fans because the Serbian fans they go so hard for their for their guys, um, like we've we've seen with the reaction over the past couple of hours. So it's going to be a very interesting next couple of weeks as the tournament as the actual tennis um, gets underway. Do you think that determination, if he you know, you know hypothetically if he gets through, he's allowed to play? Do you think that determination to now win will overcome that sort uh, of you know? shortness on time for preparation that he has for the Australian Open now after being bundled up in a room for a couple of days and then also not being able to get into uh, any of the warm-up tournaments? I, I, I do think so. Um, I think he, I think Djok- Novak Djokovic almost performs best when it's him versus the world, when everyone's against him, um, you know, when he's playing Roger Federer at the US Open or he's playing Rafa Nadal at, at the Australian Open and the crowd's against him, that's when he's that's when he steps it up a level. That's when he plays some of his best tennis and that's when he just pulls off remarkable shots and and things like this that we've you know, that that is that you know, tennis fans really do love to see. Um you know, he, he is such a good player to watch, which is sort of a, a sad sort of byproduct of the whole thing that he's turned out to be a, a pretty flop of a bit of a flop of a bloke. But um I think once once the tennis starts, uh, I just got a feeling that he'll be on a different level. To action on court, uh, we'll talk about the ATV Cup up first, but Canada getting the win by downing Spain in the final. It means that the Canadian pair of uh, Felix Olga Alassami and also Denis Shapovalov loom large for the Australian Open now, don't they? Yeah, awesome. These guys are two of the, two of the young guns. They're you know, quickly rising up the ranks. 
Um, Ojo Alia seems uh, ranked 11 in the world now, and um, he had a really good match in that final against Roberto Bautista Agu. Um, came through some sort of some some hardships in that in that game and and got the win. Um, I was actually, you know, in your Google Photos, you've got memories of two years ago, whatever it was. Today, two years ago, Dennis Shapovalov played Novak Djokovic wow. in the ATP Cup in Sydney, and I've got a photo on my phone. Timely. <laughs> it's popped up today, and I'm thinking, what? A, that seems like 10 years ago. Yeah. And B, you know, Djokovic is in uh, the... the <laughs> he's, he's being detained and potentially about to be deported. Meanwhile, Shapovalov is lifting the, the ATP Cup trophy. Um, what a what a wild ride it's been. <laughs> That's the uh, past couple of years encapsulated in the one photo and, uh, yeah, the uh, <laughs> amount of time uh, not being able to determine that there. That's uh, most certainly what's going on there. How about Ash Barty, though, winning everything on offer at the Adelaide International with the uh, singles over Alina Rybakina and then alongside Storm Sanders winning the doubles. Are we are we uh, on the run to a home winner in the Australian Open? Can we start getting ahead of ourselves a bit with that here? I'm absolutely not jinxing this one. <laughs> I'm not jinxing it. Not this year, not this time. <laughs> I think I did it. I can't remember if it was last year or the year before. She won. She won a lead-in tournament, or she, you know, she did really well in Adelaide or Brisbane or wherever it was. And you're thinking, this is it. She's looking good. She's uh, world number one, coming off a French Open win back then. It was um, her first Grand Slam win. And you're thinking, here it is. Here it is. And I think she lost to Sophia Kennan um, in the quarters, maybe. Um, so I'm absolutely not getting ahead of myself. I think it's still. Uh, there's, there's the, the the draw is stacked. You never know who she's got to come up against. <laughs> I'm not jinxing it. That's what I'm saying. All right, we'll uh, we'll keep moving. We uh, won't uh, add any uh, more uh, yeah mystery to that. Uh, Kael Monfils though, he's got some record. A final in each of his last uh, 17 or 18 seasons since turning professional, as he won the men's Adelaide International. Yeah, and he's Kael Monfils has had a really tough last sort of three or four years. Um, off the court, he's, he went through a patch there um, over the last couple of years of just not winning anything. His tennis had just gone to pieces. Um, he, he was on again, off again uh, in his relationship. And he, 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 there, there was a little while there where you didn't know what, what the future sort of held for Gael Monfils. So it was really cool to see him win, to see him come back. Because he was, you know, for the last 15 years or so, he's been just one of the entertainers when when Gaumont Fees plays and when he's when he's on form, um, he's as entertaining in a pure tennis sense and, you know, his athleticism, what he can do, the shots he can pull off. Um, it's he's just so good to watch. Um, so it's really good to see him uh, back smiling, back playing good tennis and winning trophies again as well. 100%. Uh, we'll finish up on some UFC. Uh, Israel Adesanya wants another fight in Australia. And if I could uh, speak on behalf of the Australian public, uh, we want him fighting here as well. Uh, how do we make this happen? 100%. 100%. Well, so he's got the rematch with Whitaker in a, in a month or so. That's in the US. I would say the best way for, for Israel Adesanya to fight in Australia is if he loses that, and they do the trilogy. Oh, yes. And might I say they should have it in Sydney, <laughs> which is where I live. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, do it at a stadium. Do it at or do it at uh, Kudos Bank Arena or somewhere like that. Um, you, or you take it back down to Melbourne. They they could pack out Etihad Stadium again. Put fifty five, sixty thousand there again for the trilogy match. I, I reckon that's the way to go. 
Oh, I don't mind the uh, sound of that, but uh, we'll see Israel in the Adesanya versus Whitaker 2 in UFC 271, as you said there. Uh, can you take us through the history of these two combatants against each other? It is, it's a long and <laughs> it's, it's a really interesting history. Um, so I guess we start back when Rob, Rob Whitaker was the UFC middleweight champion and just, uh, he, he had an incredible run to, to, to win the title. He, he was basically a guy that the UFC put in as to, to, to lose to their upcoming middleweights. He, right. Uriah Hall was an upcoming middleweight that they wanted to push on to bigger things. They put Whitaker in head against him. Whitaker beats him. Derek Brunson, he was another guy that they were really pushing. Whitaker fights him, beats him. Jacare Souza, same thing. He goes on and beats Yoel Romero twice. They never wanted him to beat Yoel Romero because they wanted Romero to, be, to fight Michael Bisping. Anyway, he just he just puts together just an incredible record. Uh, he he takes the belt, and then in comes Israel Adesanya, who is not only beating everyone but beating everyone in style and doing it his own way. He, you know, talking brash, borderline arrogant, just a, a unique character and a unique fight style as well. And then you've got the the element of Rob Whitaker being New Zealand born but based in Australia. Maori heritage, um, Adesanya, born in Nigeria, born, yeah, great, raised in New Zealand, um, representing two cultures as well. Um, there was bad blood in the lead up to their their first fight in Melbourne in 2019. Adesanya really got under Rob Whitaker's skin. They had a great, it, it was a great fight while it lasted. Um, Adesanya knocked Whitaker out in the second round. Whitaker had his moments in the first round. Um, and Whitaker basically has to take some time out. He goes back. He beats Darren Till, Calvin Gastelum, um, and Jared Cannonier convincingly in all three of those fights. And again, they they just cannot deny him another shot at the title. Um, and it's one of those things. Like if if it wasn't for Israel Adesanya, we'd be saying that Rob Whitaker is one of the top, maybe the best middleweight of all time. He'd, right. he'd be pushing that Anderson Silva mantle. Um, but the fact is that these these two guys, I think, if you look at the middleweight rankings from one to fifteen, you know these two guys have probably taken out twelve of them, um, and only a couple of them have really been close. So um, it's it's the rematch. I can't wait to see it happen. Um, and to be honest, I've watched these guys fight ten times um, if I could if they <laughs> if they put it on, uh, just because it's a it's a really good mix of styles, mix of characters. A uh, mix of backstories as well, and a mix of fan bases. Um, you know, even their fans hate each other. So it's uh, it's just really yeah, so so intriguing. So this will be some card for Aussies, right? As well, uh, Bam Bam uh, versus Derek Lewis just got added for UFC two seventy one. Is that right? Huge fight, huge fight for Bam Bam. This is this is the one that sort of propels him back up towards the top sort of seven of of the heavyweight rankings. This is not that Derek Lewis is a is a has become a sort of a gatekeeper, but a win over Derek Lewis for Taito Ivasa, coming off four wins um, in a row since since losing three in a row. Um, you know this this really stamps his mark as as a as a heavyweight contender um, with an eye on a title shot. If he can win this, you know you're looking at in the next 12 to 18 months him fighting for a title potentially. Um, he's got the he's got the the marketability, the fan base, and everything to to make that happen if, if if he puts the results together.
So it's a step up in class, isn't it, for Bam Bam? But he's been wiping the uh, competition recently uh, in that uh, run of the last four fights. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this this is this will be the toughest fight of his. Uh, I've, I've sort of called it the the second the second coming because he burst onto the scene with a couple of wins and they they threw him into a main event with um, with JDS um, a few years back. And, and you know he, he came up short, and then he had another couple of losses, and it, it looked like it was it was make or break at one point in, in about 2019, where he needed to he needed a win, otherwise he's looking at his contract getting thrown on the scrap heap. And yeah, he's put together four wins in a row, but these this is the this is a big step up. Derek Lewis is you know, he, he's a veteran; he's fought everyone. He fought he fought Mark Hunt. He, he lost to Mark and. In Auckland um, in 2017, I believe that was. Thinking, stretching my memory back that far, but um, yeah, this is and this is a huge scalp. You, you get Derek Lewis on your on your record, on your resume. Um, it's massive, massive opportunity for Taitui Vasa. And continuing the Aussie flair at UFC 271, the unbeaten King Casey O'Neill is back in a women's flyweight bout as well. Similar situation for Casey O'Neill. She's she's burst on the scene and. Uh, you know, another win, a relatively quick turnaround. She didn't fight too long ago, but if she if she can put a, put together another good performance and, and another win, she'll be um, knocking at the on the door of the you know the top of the rankings and even potentially pushing pushing for a for a title fight as well in the not too distant future. And she's she's another one. She's a, a unique character. She's um, you know her dad's her dad's Scottish. He runs um, Eternal yep. the Eternal. Uh, 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 promotion here in Australia, so she's got that sort of the, the dual backing. She just doesn't give the rats, uh, you know, about anything. She's she's a, a good character, and I, and I hope um, you know she's not super well known at this stage, but hopefully um, another win or two or a good performance, and um, you know the sort of wider public will start getting around her as well. Especially in the way that she's finished a couple of those bouts uh, since uh, heading back over to the states as well. That'll definitely uh, get the uh, eyes turned to her, won't it? Yeah, absolutely. The more uh, yeah, highlight reel stoppages and and viral moments you can put together, the the, the better. Yeah. Uh, Brendan, I had a, a question about the uh, Paul Gallon story, uh, delivering some fruit, but I think we'll save it for our next chat, mate. Uh, I really appreciate the time uh, once again, and uh, we'll keep up with your work at Code Sports. No worries, mate. Appreciate it. Cheers. That's Brendan Bradford. He's a sports writer with Code Sports. You can head along and get yourself a uh, free one-month trial as well. I've done that, and uh, I've been loving the content I can uh, get across on codesports.com.au. And that's Brendan Bradford joining us on the overnight crowd as uh, we talk through the Ashes and also the second uh, New Zealand versus Bangladesh test. Ross Taylor not really getting much of an opportunity to uh, show his wares as he finishes off his uh, test playing career for New Zealand. Unfortunately, the blokes before him made uh, 252 and 109 in their uh, total of six declared for 521. So Ross only with the opportunity to make 28 and then uh, also rolling uh, Bangladesh for 126 in the first innings. You'd think not much of an opportunity for Ross to get a second crack at it there as he wraps up. Some uh, Novak Djokovic chat, bit of ATP Cup, uh, passing on uh, Ash Barty on her run to an Australian Open title in 2022, we hope, and also a big UFC 271 for Australian fight fans with uh, Israel Adesanya, I know, fights from New Zealand, but he's fighting our boy Rob Whittaker. Uh, that's their second bout, and uh, Brendan quite, uh, pr- uh, yeah, Premonitionally, uh, predicting uh, maybe if Israel loses here, we could see the trilogy in Australia as uh, Israel Adesanya does want to have another fight in Australia before he 
hangs up the gloves in UFC, in his uh, UFC uh, career as well. So let us know any thoughts around uh, any of those topics. We'd love to hear from you on the Overnight Crowd, 0433 98 11 16 or 1300 736 736. It's the Overnight Crowd on SEN with Paul Heater Heath. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.